Hey, 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 what's up, good people? Here we are once again for a brand new episode of the Life Defined Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ray Watson II. And today we've got a great friend of ours on the show. And we had so much to talk about um, between me and this young lady that we ended up breaking the episode up into two parts. So what you're gonna hear today is part one of our conversation And I wanted to put this one out um, as soon as I could because it's very relevant and it's very timely to um, some of the things that we're facing in our world right now, Uh, specifically this COVID-19 slash coronavirus. So we'll get into all of that today with our special guest. So please join me in welcoming our special guest today, Keontae Davis. Yay! <laughs> hey, Thanks Keontae. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. So, uh, for anyone listening who may not be familiar with who Keontae Davis is, give us a quick rundown of who you are, what you do, and all of that. Oh, <laughs> um, well, I version, don't go too deep into the story. I won't. I won't. Um, I am a mom of two, a 13 year old daughter, 10 year old son. I am a wife to my husband. Um, in August, we have been married for seven years. We've been together 13. Um, and I am a stay at home mom. I also, before this pandemic hit, I had um, my own business in my house. I ran a daycare. Um, and I also do some acting and writing and directing and producing. (laughs) Yeah. Just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, so for this first parter, I know there was, there's been a, a very recent major life-defining moment that you've gone through that uh, really started on May the 5th, I believe. Yes, May 5th. So um, let's get right into it. What happened on May the 5th? Um, so May the 5th, um, I woke up. It was not a regular day because um, I had been experiencing some migraines um, for the past, I want to say, four days. Um, Prior to May the 5th, I was in the emergency room on May the 3rd, um, and I went in the emergency room because of the migraines and also because my left arm went numb and my um, left hand began to tingle. My nurse friend advised me to go to CVS, check my blood pressure. I went to CVS, checked it, and my blood pressure was 160 over 107, hypertension 2. So that is what forced me to go to the emergency room. I went into the emergency room. Um, The nurse, she triaged me, um, and they admitted me. I was tested for COVID and the flu. And the reason they tested me um, was because of the migraine, which is a symptom. And also because uh, maybe seven days before the migraine came on, I did have a cough. But I thought the cough was due to my allergies because it was an itchy cough, something that happens to me every season um, between you know April and May. 
So I didn't really pay attention to the cough. The cough lasts three days, um, but it went away with some allergy medicine. So I just assumed it was allergies. Um, but, you know, me telling her, telling the nurse that I did have the cough and then the migraine, that's what um, made her test me. And that was May the 3rd. I was sent home. They gave me like a migraine cocktail or something like that, which didn't help. Um, and so that was their main concern was um, everything that I was taking for the migraine wasn't working. And then when the cocktail itself, which is like a stronger version of everything I was taking, it also didn't help. Mm. Um, so that was one of their biggest concerns along with the cough, which is why they tested me. I went home that night. The next day, May 4th, migraine still there. Um, I was laying on the couch. My husband said, you know, why don't you go try laying in the bed? I went upstairs, went to bed May 5th, woke up, migraine still there. Um, I am a get it done yourself type of person. I don't like to wait on people. I just like to do things myself. So I um, ended up going to the grocery store, migraine and all. <laughs> um, I didn't care because I, I knew if I wanted it done and I wanted it done right, I had to go. I couldn't send my husband. So I went to the store. I went to like three stores, got to Walmart and I, I'm in Walmart. I got my shopping cart. I do have my mask on, you know, gloved up and all that stuff. Um, and my phone rings. I answer the phone and it's Laurel Regional Hospital. And they're like, um, you know, hey, Keontae, how are you doing? This is Laurel Regional Hospital. We just want to let you know that your COVID results came back and they tested positive. Mm. <laughs> um it was as if everything around me stopped um literally because i'm not gonna lie i really thought that i was invincible and invincible in a spiritual way because i had been praying hard day and night uh, my church, we do, we get on the prayer line every morning and every evening, three hours each time. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> three hours in the morning, three hours in the evening Jeez. praying. We were, I mean, prophesying, pleading the blood, putting oils on our door, every, the whole nine. So, and then, you know, when I was going out, I was being safe too. So I was really shocked by that. You know, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what is going on? Mm -hmm. um, so immediately I, I left the store. Immediately I told my husband and my husband was so shocked, um, just so shocked. Um, I left the store, came home. I didn't say a word to anybody. My husband and my children were in the living room and I came home. I dropped all the groceries in the kitchen came straight upstairs to my room and locked the door and began to, I didn't even begin to pray. I, I was really in a, I was in a shock. Mm -hmm. I was in a shock and I was thinking to myself, you know, I don't have a fever. I was like, you know, I don't feel sick. I don't feel anything. You know, I feel fine besides the, the migraine that I had. Um, and the and arm so, being numb and the hand tingling. Yeah, I never had issues with high blood pressure ever. 
Um, so I thought, okay, it must be the migraine is stressing me out. That's, those were my thoughts. You know, the migraine was stressing me out. I was only getting about three to four hours of sleep a night. So COVID was never in my mind ever. And I'm thinking, you know, I was being safe going out there. That I wasn't going out for anything non-essential. You know, I only went out for groceries. That's it. <laughs> and so, and I always, I, I doubled up on my mask. Um, I always had on a bandana and then, you know, my mask on top of that. <clears throat> so I, I just, I didn't understand. I didn't understand. And I was... I don't know. I don't know what I was. At a loss. Yeah, I was at a loss for words and I didn't know what was to come. The only thing I knew was, okay, I'm going to have to be in this room for 14 days. That's what I thought. Um, and then things kind of, yeah, sped up. <laughs> so from, from me hearing you say that, uh, mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say that this COVID-19 slash coronavirus isn't some spoof or mm -hmm. some fictitious conspiracy that's been created by the government yeah. to try to control people and to uh, like brainwash us or to make us do something. This thing is real. Yeah. People are really getting it. Yes. And that was my initial thought too. I, I thought the same thing, and then my mother-in-law tested positive. She had tested positive three or four weeks before I did. She tested positive, and we were like, whoa. But she worked in a nursing home. Oh, yeah. She worked in a nursing home. Yeah. So it was kind of like, okay, she's around these patients. They go on doctor's visits, and, you know, so... Um, I was like, okay, she works in a nursing home and a lot of, um, a lot of people are getting it that way through nursing homes, group homes. My husband, he works at a group home on the weekend and so, um, one of his clients actually died from COVID. Mm. So, um, we kind of knew, okay, this is for real, for real. When my mother in love, um, tested positive. And then when I tested positive, I don't work for a group home. <laughs> I don't work at the hospital. I'm not a nurse. You know what I'm saying? I go into the grocery store and I was very calculated about the times that I would go grocery shopping. I, you would not catch me in those stores midday. I would get up at the butt crack of dawn, um, 7 a.m., because that's what time Walmart opened um, and some of those bigger grocery stores, the Amish market, I would be the first one in line so that I could go in and get out. So everything I did or I thought I did was very calculated. You know, I was making sure I did all the right things. And then... Still got it. I still got it. And I remember when I finally told, I didn't tell everybody in my family. Um, and so when I finally let some of my family members know, you know, their reaction was, oh, so this is real. This is like, this is actually real. And I'm like, yeah, it, it is. It, it really it, is. What was it like um, during those days that you were quarantined to your bedroom and you did have this virus, what were those days like? So um, I was 
it was about nine days, nine days total where I went through the symptoms. Um, so from May 5th to May the 13th. Um, and on May 5th, everything was fine. Um, that evening I got on the prayer line. It was, you know, it was good. I was talking to my husband after the prayer line around like 1130 talking just regularly feeling fine and then this not in person though right not in person yeah yeah we're conversing on over the phone um and suddenly it happened so fast and i remember saying to my husband i was like babe something's happening to my body physically um internally something's happening to me. And he was like, what's going on? You know, very weird. And I said, I don't know, but my whole entire body, it feels like I was just hit by a truck. Um, this body ache just took over me from my head to the soles of my feet. Um, this pain, this body ache that I cannot even articulate how it felt. Um, It was a terrible, terrible pain that came suddenly. Mm. Um, And from that night, the next eight or nine days were miserable, Um, miserable. The shortness of breath came. um, And so I wasn't able to articulate things to my husband. If I did, it took me at least 10 minutes to try to get it all out. Um, my husband would have to tell me to take a break because I was breathing so intensely trying to catch my breath while talking. I was, I I experienced the shortness of breath, um, severely, um, on May the 6th, (laughs) something so scary happened to me. Um, it was around nine o'clock. I was on the prayer line and I could feel my lungs expanding as if mucus was beginning to fill my lungs up because it became harder and harder to breathe. And I began to cough uncontrollably. Jeez. And so I, I'm crying, crying. Um, and I go to the bathroom. My, light, I had, my bathroom is connected to my room. I go to the bathroom and um, I spit up all this mucus. My, light, my bathroom light is off, but I look in the sink and the, the mucus looks dark. I cut on the light and it's blood. Um, it's blood. And so wow. I, I lose it. <laughs> I absolutely lose it. I'm like, oh no, the devil's trying to kill me, coughing up blood. Like I, I didn't hear this. I, I know that this is a part of, you know, this virus. Um, and so I'm coughing uncontrollably. I have two phones. I have two cell phones. So one of them I used um, to be on the prayer line. The other phone, my husband's on speaker. And he is like, what's going on? And I'm, I can't talk. I'm just coughing uncontrollably. And I'm telling him I'm spitting up blood. Literally, I'm spitting up blood. Um, and so he comes into the room. He risks his life <laughs> to come in the room and see. That's a husband. That's that a husband. That is a husband. He comes into the room and I shove him out. <laughs> I shove him out because I'm like, absolutely not. You know, we have two kids absolutely not. I just go. I will 
figure this out. I'll call you. I'll let you know what's going on. So um, I text my sister-in-law, who is my prayer partner, and I'm like, Sin, I just spit up blood. Like I'm coughing up blood. My chest is hurting. So she's like, um, take a shot of the anointing oil that we prayed over the other night. I take a shot of the anointing oil and I begin to go in praying in the spirit. I just begin to go in crying out to God, praying to God within five minutes, the cough stopped, the body ache stopped and the blood stopped within five minutes of taking that shot of anointing oil and praying hard in the Holy spirit. Um, it all just stopped um so that was May the 6th um I end up going to bed and then the rest of the days um up until the 13th they were just miserable they were miserable days um I could barely walk um but my doctor said that you know the virus wants you to lay down in the bed all day and pretty much die but you have to get up you have to get up and you have to walk you got, even if that means walking from one end of the room to the other, you have to do that. Um, my sister-in-law, she sent me plenty of videos um, on breathing exercises to do to expand the lungs because that's what the virus does. It attacks your lungs so that you cannot breathe. And that's how, you know, people are ending up in the hospital on oxygen. So it was very hard for me though. It was not easy to just to be able to do this it was difficult. My, it's almost as if my lungs didn't want to expand. So it was so hard. Um, it, it was, it was just, it was ridiculously hard to even do those breathing exercises to walk back and forth, um, in my room was difficult. It felt as if I just ran like a five mile marathon. Um, and I, I would walk so slow, almost like an elderly person with a cane. That's how I was walking because I had no energy, no energy whatsoever. And so I want to say 85% of my time was laying in bed crying because of the pain, mm. the body aches, the head, the face aches, um, and the, ch the, the chest pain that I felt. I could not lay on my back. My doctor in, informed me that laying on your back would cause the virus to attack your lungs even more. So I, I could only lay on the right or left side or prop, propped up. Um, uh, what else? What else? I lost my appetite. So um, I wasn't eating. I wasn't drinking. When my husband did try to feed me, um, he, he makes fun of me now because he said I wasted so much money, <laughs> um, because literally I could take a spoonful and I would throw it in the trash. I'd be so full. Mm. Um, I, I, like I couldn't get anything down. I lost my sense of smell and taste. Um, so everything was nasty to me. It was just really disgusting. Garlic, which I absolutely love. I couldn't have it. Even the toothpaste, we had to get like a um, tasteless toothpaste because the toothpaste that I've been using for years is my favorite. Like I could not, I would throw it up. Mm. I would throw it up. Um, so it was <sighs> misery. That's the best way for me to explain it. Um, and I would always text my husband and I would say, you know, honey, I don't see the end. 
I cannot, like, I'm miserable. I feel like I'm in a tunnel and I cannot see the light. And that's how it felt. And um, some days I'd be in so much turmoil that I'd be prepared to die. That happened twice. That happened twice. Um, I was laying in the bed and I was praying in the spirit. And, and that's another important thing. I prayed in the spirit about 99% of the time. Um, I didn't want the enemy to know my prayers. So I. Uh, so real quick, mm -hmm. can you break that down a little bit? What? what does that mean to pray in the spirit? For some, anyone who may not understand what that means, what does that mean to pray in the spirit? Okay, so what I learned, what my pastor um, taught me was we pray in the spirit so that the, the enemy doesn't understand our prayers because the enemy knows our prayers when we're speaking in the English tongue. He understands and he hears that and that's how he can use our words against us. But when we are praying in the Holy Spirit, the enemy cannot understand that. And um, so that's why, that's why I did it. That's why I did it um, about 99% of the time I prayed in the Holy Spirit. I prayed in the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I just lost, I was going to say something important. I, for, I just forgot it. <laughs> I just forgot it. Um, I just, I wanted to get that in there in case someone didn't know what that means to pray in the Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I did. I, I prayed in the spirit about 99% of the time. Um, okay, it just came back to me because I, 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 huh? I knew it would. Yeah, it just came back to me because I mentioned, um, I mentioned feeling like I was about to die. Um, that's how I felt because my, it felt like my, my breathing, my breaths were escaping my body. That's how, even laying down, not doing anything. Um, and that happened to me twice. Um, and I was laying in the bed one day and just breathing heavy, body in pain, head in pain, everything. And I remember um, saying, okay, God, so this is it. Like, this is it because I can't breathe. Um, but I was breathing, <laughs> but it felt like my, like the breaths were escaping my body. Um, and I remember closing my eyes and saying, this is it, this is it, I'm, I'm about to go, because that's what it felt like. And at that moment, when I was saying that and also praying, I heard my children laugh. Their laughter just snapped me out of whatever I was in. Um, and I got up and I began to walk fast back and forth to the room. I had a reason to fight, um, just hearing my children. And I knew that it was the enemy um, wanting me to give up and die, wanting me to do that. Um, but I chose not to. I chose not to. I remained, although I felt like I couldn't see the end, I remained faithful to God um, and believing and hoping that my healing was going to come soon. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like he's speechless. Um, now you weren't on any medication from the doctors during this time, right? Um, the only thing I was taking was, uh, Tylenol 
extra strength for the um, pain. But it, the first few days, the first few days I thought it was doing something. After that, I said it was pointless. It was honestly making it worse to me. It was making it worse. Um, that Tylenol wasn't doing anything. It wasn't doing anything. It wasn't slowing down the body aches. It wasn't slowing down the migraine, nothing. The only thing that gave, that soothed me was steaming hot showers. That's it. And I don't like steaming hot showers. I hate it. I actually even get on my kids and my husband for taking hot showers because I, I just don't like what it does to the ceiling. So I don't like <laughs> I don't like <laughs> um, steaming hot showers. I'm I'm the type of person who likes cool showers. I like I, and I just feel like hot water just burned my beautiful brown skin. I don't know. But during this time any anything cool made it made me sick i couldn't do it so i had to take blazing i'm talking about blade like no cold water just straight up hot that it did something to my muscles i don't know it but it, it really soothed me so that's the only thing that gave me comfort taking a shower um in the morning and in the evening and they were steaming hot showers anything else no medicine None of that. Um, I did up my vitamin D because I found out that a lot of people with vitamin D deficiency get the virus more. Um, and so it, I, w I felt so upset with myself because I am vitamin D deficient. And my doctor prescribes me vitamin D all the time and I never take it. So yeah, I was like, prescribe me a couple of them bottles. <laughs> I'm going to start taking it. So I was, you know, taking my vitamin D. I was doubling up on vitamin C, you know, things that we should actually be doing regularly. Right. Um, so this, this experience pushed me to do that now to take, you know, my vitamin D, take multivitamins. Um, my husband was making me this concoction about four times a day. Um, and it was like, garlic, lemongrass, ginger. He would boil that up, lemon peels. Um, and this is just something, it's a cultural thing, you know. You yeah. drink it, it opens up your lungs. And it did, it did. I, I would drink, um, he had poured in my teapot and I, I'd drink that about four times a day and it, it helped. Okay. So during this um, extremely rough time, you said one of the things that helped you to sort of get up and get moving was your hearing the kids, hearing the sound of your kids' voice. Mm -hmm. What were some other things during that time that helped you to not just sort of give in to the despair? Number one, my children. Number one. They're the number one factor. I lost my dad on Christmas when I was nine years old. And I know the feeling and the pain um, of losing a parent. And I still have trouble with that till this day at 31 years old. So just having that in my mind made me get up and fight because I'm like, I'm extremely close to my kids like extremely close we have although I am their mother we have that mother daughter mother son relationship we're like friends too and our bond is just incredible it's an incredible bond and I knew my kids would be devastated 
devastated if they lost their mother. So that, that forced me to get up every day as much as I could and fight. That was the number one reason, the number one reason. And then the second reason, obviously my husband, um, that was another, another reason for me to fight. And I also knew, you know, I, and I remember saying, if I die, oh my God, this house will be, you know, just a mess. They wouldn't know what to do without me. <laughs> Things would just go downhill. My husband cannot do, he can't be a mom. He can't do my job. He can't, <laughs> you know, my kids were eating chicken wings and pizza. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was just like, no, he needs me. Um, so it was mainly, it was mainly my family. Um, my kids, number one, my kids, number one, I, I knew that it was no way that I could leave them here so young. Mm -mm. So yeah. then you mentioned on, on May 13th, there was a major turning point um, that, are, that started to happen on that day. Yeah. So what happened on May 13th and sort of after that? Um, so May 13th, you know, I woke up um, just kind of down. I, I was so down because I had been praying twice, not, not even just twice a day, more than that. You know, I was on the prayer line twice a day, but throughout the day, my pastor had prayed with me. Um, he had given me some scriptures that he said the Lord gave him for my healing, which was Psalm 103 and Psalm 118. So I was reading those, you know, three times a day. I was reading and prophesying Psalm 91 over my life. Um, so on that day, on the 13th of May, I just woke up feeling so low. And I was feeling so low because I'm like, wow, this has been nine days of this hell. And I didn't see an end. I didn't see an end. Um, and so when I got on the prayer line, my prayers weren't as strong. It was almost as if I was defeated. Mm. Um, and so I, I did my best, but I just, I was not happy. I was not happy. And I kept saying, God, where are you? Where are like, do you want to, you want to see me in this pain? Um, and I just, I would sob, not even like cry, I would sob because I, I didn't, I didn't see the end. Um, and so I went through that day, a regular day, just sad. Um, th that evening, we got on the prayer line at about eight o'clock. Um, and it was a powerful night. It was a powerful night. And I decided, you know, um, let me, let me not be sad and down. Let me, you know, pull myself together. Um, and I prayed so hard, like never before. And um, that was our anointing our anointing service. So we usually anoint our oil once a week um, to have like refreshed anointing oil. Um, and that was our anointing oil service. Um, and my pastor prophesied that anybody who had, um, was going through COVID-19, um, the Lord told him to tell us that we would be healed in the morning. Mm. Yeah. That's a, that's a, uh, uh, that's a, that's a word. 
that's a word, right? Um, and personally, I had never had anybody prophesy over me and the prophecy come to pass. So for me, hearing that, I was 50-50. Yeah. My faith was like, I'm holding on to that. I'm holding on to that. But then that other side of me was like, yeah, all right. I'm going to wake up in the morning and it's going to still be the same. You know, whatever. Um, so once he made that prophecy, he had everyone on the line who was sick with COVID anoint themselves in the oil. I anointed my head. I had so much anointed oil on my head, it began to drip <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> it began to drip in my eyes, but I didn't care. So when we got off the phone call, I shared the prophecy with my husband. We prayed, um, and I went to take a shower. Here's how I knew something different was happening. Um, I poured, I turned on the hot water and added no cold water because, you know, the last nine days I couldn't take warm showers, only hot. I added the anointing oil to the water. I got in and it burnt me. <laughs> the water burnt me. That hadn't happened. You know, I, that had not happened. That hot water was soothing to my body. But when I got in that after getting off the prayer line on the 13th, the water was extremely hot and I had to um, add some cold water. Uh -huh. So I remember thinking, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying it. Okay, okay, okay. So I get in the tub, you know, I'm back to my cool showers. And I, you know, I pray while I'm in there. I'm just worshiping God, singing praises to him. I get out. I take the anointing oil. And, and here, I'm using my faith. I'm using my faith here because I add the anointing oil to the water. I add the anointing oil to my lotion. And I, you know, I lotion myself with it. I um, get into the bed and I say a prayer to God. And I remember saying, Lord, I do not care. When I wake up in the morning, I will be healed, period. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> Those are the exact words I said. I closed my eyes. I had a peaceful night's sleep. Um, the nights before, I never slept straight through, never. I would toss, I would turn, I would cry. I'd be in so much pain and turmoil. That night, I slept peacefully the whole night. I woke up May the 14th, and I remember getting up and going like this. I was checking. I was checking for the migraine. I was checking for the body aches. Mm -hmm. Gone. <laughs> If I had an organ, you know that's when the organ play. Yes. Dun, dun. Gone. Dun, dun. Gone. And I remember sitting in bed and just being like, no, is it really gone or am I, am I making it up? Mm. And it was gone. Usually prior to the 14th, it would take me a while to get out of bed because I was in a lot of pain. I walked up out of bed like, <laughs> like it was nothing. And so when I got out of bed, I said, okay, this is about to be the test. How quickly can I walk to the bathroom? <laughs> and so I walked to the bathroom like it was nothing. 
you know, and I was not out of breath, nothing. Um, I went to the bathroom and then I started to cough. So I was like, uh oh, what's going on? I'm I'm coughing. I coughed up so much mucus. It's as if God was like, yep, we about to take that last little bit out of you. I coughed up so much mucus, spit it all out. My breathing was amazing. My lungs felt amazing. Um, I could breathe in and out without pain. Migraine disappeared. My appetite slowly came back. So I was able to eat a nice breakfast. Um, and I just felt amazing. I felt amazing. And I remember texting my pastor like, wow. Look at God. Wow. Look at God. Look mm. at God. Um, and so I was healed. I was healed that day. And it was crazy because that night before I was, I felt defeated. I felt defeated and God showed himself. Look at God. Yeah. Look yeah. God. And that was one of the reasons why I asked you if you were on any medication. Mm -hmm. So to anybody listening, you can't say, well, it was this amoxaproxen or this amoxicillin or I'm just making stuff up. Yeah, but yeah. You can't put mm -mm. these results on this amoxicillin or penicillin or whatever. Nothing. No, we attribute it to who? To God. That's it. That is it. Nothing. Like I said, I took that Tylenol for the first two days. It didn't do nothing. It didn't do anything. And I never took it again. I didn't. I, yeah. So only God, God healed me. Hey. He healed me. And, and I believe he healed me. One, because he's a good God. And two, because I activated my faith. Ooh. I truly believe it was my faith that healed me. Just like the woman, you know, who had the issue of blood. You know, I, it was my faith that healed me. Had I gone to bed defeated like I was feeling earlier that day, he might not have done it, you know? I don't know. Um, but because I decided and I chose to not uh, not to allow the enemy to defeat me um and i decided to use my faith and i went to bed reciting god's words back to him and i told him what he was going to do for me and so i i believe it was my faith it was my faith that healed me man that's good that's good because yeah. um even as believers i think uh, there's a lot of us who um believe that the miracles signs and wonders that we read about in the bible mm -hmm. ended like like when they finished writing the last book of the bible i think a lot of us believe that that's when the miracles stopped we I, read about them yes but that's when they stopped and we don't really see that type of movement of god yes in 2020 that is the exact thing I told my sister-in-law. That's the exact thing I said to her. I said, it's so difficult for us as believers, even though we know it can be done, but because we don't see it done, we don't, we don't see those things come to pass. You kind of, you're iffy about it. You're iffy about it. But this, oh, I'm not iffy. I'm not, I'm not iffy at all. Like at all. God definitely is a miracle worker for sure yes mm. <laughs> so hear that yeah 
even in 2020 and you know 2021 whatever year it is mm-hmm. know that god is still still a healer still and heal and perform signs wonders and miracles absolutely and now and get this this is the most amazing like everything i went through the healing great praise god what makes me even more in love with god is the fact that my two children and my husband did not get this virus and that and most of the people who i've seen who live in the house i actually know somebody um a girlfriend of mine and it the virus literally trickled down to Mm -hmm. everyone in the house and for my household to still remain intact you know my husband didn't get it my children didn't get it god covered them he covered them and i truly believe that there is a reason god um took me through this test i don't know it yet (laughs) i do not know it yet but i i I believe that there is a reason why um i think we didn't just talked about why yeah um and my family for them to i mean that is that's a miracle in itself um because prior to getting the results we weren't social distancing we were living you know what i mean we weren't social distance distancing and before i had went out to walmart we weren't social distancing so automatically that was another worry for me that my oh my god my children can't go through this they can't handle what i'm what 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 i'm going through if if it's making me feel the way i feel it's no way that they can deal with that um but he kept them Mm. he kept them Mm. only god can do that like how How? you know Mm. i'm i'm talking in my husband's face hugging my kids You know what I mean? That's how it's transferred. I was going to say, they say it's a highly contagious infection. Yeah. And if you're in the same house and there, you're in that incubation period where you have it, but don't know, and you just spreading the germs around. Only husband, God. husband, kids, negative. How? God. <laughs> I tell you, man, if I had that Oregon, it'd be crazy. <laughs> That's shout music. Yeah. That's so good. Um, Cause yeah, like I think um, for me as an outsider, when I hear your story, one of the reasons why I see it occurring, even though, you know, things like this, we never wish on people. Mm-hmm. Things like this, we wouldn't wish on our worst enemies. Yeah. But when you do go through it, as as I'm hearing your story, one of the reasons um, why I see you going through it is because of what happened coming out of it. Like, I'm sure you have faith before yeah. this. Yeah. But when you seen him miraculously heal you, like according to you, because of your faith, mm-hmm. where's your faith now? Yeah. The other side of this. And <laughs> even a step further like your kids witnessing this what kind of faith will your kids now have 
oh yeah they've just watched this like it's one thing um for a kid to go to church and to hear sermons and to read the bible for themselves mm -hmm. but it's another thing to like see it in action oh yeah and so okay. i imagine that could possibly be one of the reasons why for your kids and your husband to watch god in action yes and um i was not quiet during the times where i was weeping and so i remember my daughter texting me saying i feel so hopeless like i hear you in there crying and i don't know what i can do and my son would text me um and he would put he would text me praying emojis and he would be like you know i'm praying so hard for you mommy every morning and every night so i know for a fact that this is something that when they get older they will not forget Ooh. this they will not forget this and they will not forget how god healed their mom from a deadly disease um so i know as right now my son he is more vocal um when it comes to his spirituality my daughter she's not as much but she, she my daughter is a a visual person she pays attention to everything and then when you talk to her about talk to her about certain things she she surprises us um and that's because she pays attention um and so my, my my son was extremely vocal about um just his faith um in seeing how god healed me um, so it's incredible. It's incredible. It's amazing. And I know that um, they won't forget this. They will not forget this. Um, and it, it'll stay with them forever. Wow. So in what ways has this experience changed you and your family? Um, so now, well, I will say that this experience definitely drew me closer to God. Um, very, very close, even with just, you know, yearning for the word, yearning for reading the Bible and wanting to know, being hungry for it, being hungry for his presence um, and just wanting to bask in his presence. And so that has forced me to really spend time on devotion with the entire family and not just me in my studies um so that's something that we do a lot like regularly now um making sure that we're spending time in god's word with the children um and teaching them god's word as well so that has definitely brought us closer as a family spiritually um in doing that also um <laughs> we're a bit more cautious than before um i was able to assess where things could have went wrong i had some you know during those times where i was healed um because i had to stay quarantined for another 14 days after being healed Jeez. um so in those 14 days i was I had a clear mind, clear head, and I was able to kind of think, what did I do that I could have done better? You know, and so now my family and I, we're, we're more strategic, we're more cautious, but we're also sure um, to not live in fear 
And that was really important for me. I didn't want to come out of this and all of a sudden, you know, oh, we're going to be eating ramen noodles. I ain't going to the grocery store ever again. Or, you know, we're not going on walks anymore. I didn't want to, you know, how can I teach my kids that? How can I teach them to live fearfully like that after what God just did for me? And I didn't want that. Um, and so we just kind of tightened up on certain things um, that we weren't doing before. Um, so, yeah. And then how did it affect your marriage? I know um, when we sort of talked offline, one of the things that you mentioned in your notes was how your marriage was um, impacted in a very positive way as a result of going through this. So how was your marriage impacted in that positive way because of this? Oof, man, man. That's a whole podcast on its own, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> um, my husband and I have been together since I was 19 years old. We knew each other before that since when i was 12 he was 15 but we actually been together since 19 and he was 21 or 22. now <laughs> that's a lot of years together and a lot of growing yeah <laughs> a lot of maturity to do a lot of learning one another a lot of fights a lot of arguments um me going through this experience first of all it taught us to appreciate one another because I my husband didn't have me I didn't have him um physically physically and the th certain things that I did for my husband and he did for me we couldn't do those things it's it like I was in jail literally it was like I was in jail and incarcerated um, so it really taught us to appreciate and value one another. My husband, I remember I was on the phone with him and he said to me, wow, you, you know, you were working 10 hour days, taking care of little toddlers. You were <clears throat> cooking, cleaning, doing all this stuff, focusing on your play at one point, you were doing all these things and I didn't realize your value until I had to do it, until mm. I had to step in your shoes. Mm. And um, it was just, I don't know, God has really blessed us. Um, he has blessed our marriage incredibly, even in how we communicate with one another it's um it's less demanding and um a lot more respect for one another i even I, I i gained so much respect for him because i didn't think he could do it i didn't think he could 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 take care of the kids take care of the house do the laundry cook i didn't think he could do that but he did it he did it and he did not complain and he was so gentle with me, so caring for me. And I was, I was mean. <laughs> I was not nice during the, t during the time of being sick because I was going through so much and he was so patient and so understanding and so compassionate with me. Um, something that we both struggled with prior. We both struggled with that. Um, and so God has really worked. He has worked on us, through us, in us, 
Um, and when, <laughs> when I came out, um, he and I sat down and we had a talk and we talked about um, just a lot of the things that we were going to change within our marriage. Um, we talked about how ways that we could communicate better, um, ways in which our love life could grow. We, I mean, we just had these amazing conversations that we never had, we never talked about before. Um, and yeah, it's just was, it's just been incredible. Yeah. It really has, it's been an incredible journey. Um, and my pain was not in vain. Yeah. Whew. Okay, so what advice would you give to um, someone else going through either COVID, uh, coronavirus, or some other, you know, illness, but it feels like um, they too, like, can't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. What are some things that you might say to encourage them? Um, well, first off, and I know not everybody is a believer, but this is the moment where I would encourage people to give God a try to give him a chance and to see for themselves. So I would absolutely encourage um, non-believers and believers, because as believers, we believe in God, but we go through our, our moments where our faith really struggles. We struggle with our faith. And so um, my advice would be to trust God, to trust God and to trust in prayer to trust in prayer because prayer does work. It does work. You just cannot give up. You know, I had days where I wanted to give up, but I still called the prayer line. In the evenings, I didn't want to call. I wanted to go to sleep and just cry myself to sleep, but I didn't. I called throughout the day. I could have just sat there and just been defeated, but I prayed. I worshiped. I, I sang to God. I did that. And so I would encourage anybody who is going through anything to absolutely the number one thing is to trust in god um for sure to trust in god that's good that's yeah good. um and for you you said you've so you've been able to find or see the good to come out of this hellish experience mm -hmm. yeah for sure um absolutely while going through it it's, <laughs> I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. And so to be healed so instantly, I was, sh I was shocked. I was shocked because I was like, you know, wow, God, just yesterday, I could not see. I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And then boom, I'm healed. Um, and I can talk. I can breathe. I can walk. I think on the 14th, I think that was a Thursday. And that next, that next day I was working out, <laughs> you mm. know, I, <laughs> I hadn't been able to, to um, move physically in, in nine, 10 days. And so that next day I was w doing a cardio workout in my room. Yeah. And I remember breaking down after that and my husband breaking down with me because we're like, man, just yesterday <laughs> you, know, you were having trouble talking and here you are upstairs getting in. <laughs> yeah 
And who, you know, who else but God? God is real. Yeah, God is real. God is real. Give him a try. Yeah. Okay, so um, where can people find you on social media if they want to follow you and learn more about you? Um, so on Facebook, they can find me at uh, Keontae Wachu. Wachu is my um, my legal married name, and that's N-W-A-C-H-U. Keontae is K-E-Y-O-N-T-A-E. Um, on Instagram, you can find me at mamba underscore vibes um i am a kobe fan (laughs) rest in peace um and vibes is so it's mamba m-a-m-b-a underscore vibes v-y-b and four z's um and yeah you can find me there awesome so that's it for uh this part one and like i said we got a lot more to cover in part two Yay, I'm excited. Deontay Davis. So check her out on Facebook and Instagram. And that's it for this episode. Uh, We hope that you've been truly inspired um, through this conversation today. If you're feeling like you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, I hope that something uh, we've shared during this conversation today will inspire you to know that there is hope at the end end of that tunnel. and that you might be going through hell, but glory is coming. So that's it for this week. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.